tips and opinions on the Olympic sport of fencing. For fencers, by fencers, with Danny and Josh, we are two fencers from the Desert Fencing Academy. Together we have a combined 28 years of fencing experience. All right, this is the first installment of the Rulebook Review. And in this installment of the Rulebook Review, we will be covering the priority of the flick. The question at this point would be the ever so prevalent to flick or not to flick. That, that question kind of really only applies when you're looking at one of two weapons, either the foil or the epic. Now first, let's even establish what a flick is. As defined by fencing.net, flicks are whip-like attacks that can score against a very obscured and even concealed target. Now, in regards to FA, whether one flicks or not is really a pretty simple question. It really is determined by one variable. First and foremost is, can you judge when you can effectively execute one? Now, in FA, a well-executed flick can get you the necessary angle to get around that ever-so-stubborn bell guard. A properly executed and judged a flick judged at the correct distance are, are effective in beautiful attacks. Now, a poorly executed and judged attack can just be downright painful and annoying. True, I've seen some pretty uh, painful and annoying flicks before, and all they do is they ring your bell guard, and it sounds like somebody ringing a bell. And that's what it is, is uh, somebody exposing their target, really, when they're trying to do a flick that's poorly timed and poorly performed. But I guess the the simple nuance of the flick itself when applied towards an FA can be a very useful tool, especially if you're actually applying it at a very accurate distance and with a very measured amount of force. Because at that point, you're getting just what you need to get around that bell guard, you're hitting that wrist, you're hitting that forearm area, and you you don't really have that necessity to take that flick really hard to the body or to the mask. It, it's a very... It should be, rather, a very controlled, precise attack in regards to Epe. The flick, a uh, well-performed flick, should be part of a take in six and pushing forward and flicking just over the bell guard and hitting the wrist. That would be the absolute perfect flick that you would want to kiss yourself with. More or less, that's how an, a flick in Epe really, rather, should be executed. But now, I guess where this gets a little kind of tricky or the water becomes a little muddy is when we're talking about performing a flick in foil because foil has that whole distinction that saber has and it's known as right of way now that is where the whole controversy with the flick really comes into play and to really better understand this particular issue of the controversy you kind of have to really look at the definition of what an attack is as stated by article 10 in the fie rules of competition an attack is an initial offensive action made by extending the arm continuously in a threatening motion towards the valid target of an opponent. Let, let's look at that same definition of an attack by the USFA rules, which basically states the attack is an initial, again, offensive action made by an extending arm continuously threatening, again, an opponent's target. The essential part of this definition is the fact that both definitions have in common the terminology continuously threatening. The flick's biggest criticism in foil is usually stated as such. Most attacks that are started with a flick, the point is somewhere headed at the ceiling, 
and eventually arrives on ballot target towards the opponent. An attack started pointed at the ceiling cannot technically be defined as a threatening motion. If you're pointing at a target that's at the ceiling, it's not a valid target being presented in a threatening manner towards your opponent. I know that may seem a little confusing, but if you're actually analyzing the rule of an attack, the beginning motion of a flick technically is not a threatening action. I've seen that when I've been in competition, in foil competitions, way back when when I was actually competing in foil. I would see somebody starting a flick attack, and they would bring their arm back, basically pointing their elbow at me, and that's when I would attack, and I would hit them. And then they would come down, of course, in, in the proper amount of time to get that double light. We have that double light, and I would completely believe that I had the point since I attacked in their preparation, and that's what I thought. But it turned out that the director was looking at initial forward momentum, and I believed that the attack was should be initiated with a straight attack with the point pointing at my target threatening me. But I say consider this also, too. Now, in defense of that particular interpretation of the rules, the definition of attack really doesn't say anything about the point having to be initially aimed at the opponent's target, only that it's threatened. And this is kind of where the whole interpretation of the actual rule of attack becomes really convoluted. Now, it's normally true that an attack that scores must have threatened at least in its final tempo. So, where do you kind of go from there? The attack may have started pointing at the ceiling, but it is continuously coming forward, and it does land in its final tempo on valid points in the opponent's attack zone. So it's really hard to define as a, a steadfast rule how to judge the flick and how the flick becomes an effective part of the game. Really, that is kind of determined, I would say, in my experience, by simply the director and the director's interpretation of the rule of stating a valid attack. And I, I hope that more and more directors will come to the conclusion that somebody stepping forward with a bent arm with their weapon pointed towards the ceiling is not an attack. It's exposing their target to an attack as they step in to impel themselves. The attack should start with the point on target, which is, to me, a definition of threatening. You have your point on target, it's ready to hit, you're not pointing anywhere else, that's threatening. If your point is pointing up towards the ceiling or something, to me that's not threatening, you're saying, come and attack. And I think that's something that directors need to understand, instead of listening to the attacker's bellowing cries, saying that they scored the point when they obviously didn't have the direction because of the bent arm attack. And that's clearly, that's in my opinion. You know, we'll have a lot better competitions when more directors start recognizing the rules. Well, basically, in a nutshell, what really has become the defining point of whether you should or should not flick in this case, not only is it your ability to successfully launch this attack or to judge at what distance you can have this attack arrive successfully, but also rather how exactly the director is calling that particular action. And I know as my coach has always told me, to a certain extent, you kind of have to fence for the director. You must pay attention to what the director is calling, especially in a sport like foil and saber, for example, where right away basically indicates to you who is going to get that individual point. To make a long story short, you really, at this point, if you're going to try and execute that flick, need to pay attention to how the director is specifically calling the engagement of the attack.
you know, I've seen it's very important that you do have defense for the director because, I mean, it's really bad form to just go up there and start screaming at the director that you, you know, what you saw was right and what they saw was wrong. I mean, uh, that's just poor form. But on the other hand, I just, what I'm hoping is that more and more directors will look at the rules more closely and will consider that the flick is not necessarily attacked if you come in with an arm, that the attack occurs when the arm is straight and the, the point is directed towards the target. In this first segment of interpretations of the rules, I guess what it really boils down to is you need to keep a fluidity to your fencing. You need to keep a certain adaptability to your fencing. Don't become so dependent upon one specific attack that you don't have any other kind of attacks in your repertoire. Know many different types of attacks. If the flick isn't working for you, or if you notice that the flick is being used against you, practice it. Practice defenses against it. Don't use it as an easy excuse that the director has favoritism for this particular type of attack. Learn to stop it, learn distance, and learn to use it yourself. And if you're a fencer like me who hates the flick, learn how to defend against it. Because you're going to come up against it in tournaments where even though you hate it, it's going to happen and people are going to score points on you with it if you don't know how to defend it. The, the way to defend it that I've found out is gauge your distance. And that's the most important way to, to defend against the flick is to have the proper distance and uh, make a, you know, a great pair of posts. And if you happen to be a saber fencer, do your defenses against cut attacks, because that happens to work really well against defending against the flick also. Practice it, learn it, learn when not to use it, and have fun while you're fencing. And uh, if you have anything more to say about uh, flicks, and if you have your own opinion on flicks, uh, please visit us at our blog at www.fencingupdate.blogspot.com and let us know what you think and, and give us uh, any suggestions you have about the flick and what you think. And please let us know how we're doing. Thanks for tuning in.